you got a Bible, turn with me to John chapter 11. John chapter 11, we are indeed continuing our series uh, entitled, He Is, looking at uh, the person of Jesus Christ and, uh, and who um, uh, the Gospel of John says he is. A lot of misconceptions about who Jesus is. Um, a lot of folks see Jesus as just their homeboy. A lot of folks see Jesus as just some genie in a bottle that's there to grant them every wish and whim. A lot of folks see Jesus as just some cool teacher uh, or some cool uh, uh, representation, right, with the chain that they have around their neck. But uh, Jesus is so much more than that. Uh, he is uh, God. Uh, he's God. And uh, he came, right, uh, uh, took on flesh and dwelt among us, lived the perfect life we couldn't live, and died on an old rugged cross so that we could have life in uh, him. And by the way, he isn't dead. He's alive and well. Uh, and so, man, that is this Jesus that we follow and worship. And this morning, we're going to look at a uh, familiar passage. If you've been in church any amount of time, right, a familiar miracle, perhaps one of the uh, greatest miracles uh, in all of the Gospels, uh, the story of the raising of uh, Lazarus. Uh, we're going to start out in verse 17 of John chapter 11, but before we do, let me give you some background. Verses 1 through 16, uh, it talks about how uh, this Lazarus was sick. Uh, Lazarus uh, was uh, the brother of Mary and Martha. You probably know them. Luke 10, it talks about how Jesus came to their house. He frequented that area there. Uh, he went to uh, that area known as Beth Bethany Well. A lot of folks say that that was his home away from home, that little village there. And so he was close with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Uh, word gets to Jesus that Lazarus is real sick, right? And in Mary and Martha's mind, the, them getting word out to Jesus that he's sick would mean Jesus would come and heal them. But it says that Jesus stayed intentionally with the disciples two extra days in the area where he was at. And then we see Lazarus die. Uh, and Jesus says, hey, listen, no, 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 hey, yeah, Lazarus, yes, he, he's dead, but man, the reason why they're going through what they're going through right now is for God's glory to be shown here. Jesus was getting ready to do something great. And so he encourages disciples in that way. And then we see it end with uh, Doubting Thomas here share uh, about how, hey, you know, Jesus talked about us going and, and dying with La uh, with Lazarus, man, let's go and die with him. Verse 16 says. And then we get to verse 17. And I want to start there. Uh, if you got your word and you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. And uh, if you don't have a word, it's all good. The verse will be on the screen. But we'll read from 17 on down to verse uh, 46. This is what the word of the Lord says. It says this. Now, when Jesus came, he had found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb Four days. Uh, the reason why four days is in there is not just by accident. In Hebrew culture, right, four days meant that uh, the person was really dead. Decomposition took place. So, so Lazarus was dead dead. He, there wasn't any misconception of him being asleep. There wasn't any misconception, right, that uh, he, you know, was at, at his last uh, point in life. He had been dead for four days. He was dead dead. In verse 18, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had get, come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went 
and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on that last day. And Jesus said to her, the fifth I am statement in the book of John, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. I'm glad. Hey, I'm glad whenever I pass away. Right. I hadn't died. I just moved. Hey, if you're saved, hey, listen, you're moving to a better place. Whenever you pass away, man. And if you're not saved, Bible says you're moving to a worse place. Man, the call for you is to choose to believe in him. Verse 27, she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly to go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. In verse 35, Jesus wept. The shortest verse in all the scripture. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he'd been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you. That you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around. That they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things. He cried out with a loud voice. Lazarus come out. Come out. Old country preacher said it like this before. He had to make sure he called on Lazarus. Because if not and he just said come out. All the dead people in Bethany would have risen up. Amen. Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said, unbind him and let him go because, man, he ain't dead. Hey, the binding was for a dead person. He wasn't dead no more. He was alive and well. And then verse 45 and 46. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. And the rest of the chapter, we see that these Pharisees are fed up, man, and they're plotting to kill 
Jesus looking to kill. I've entitled the message today, Lessons from the Story of Lazarus. Lessons from the Story of Lazarus for us to take away. Why don't we pray one more time together? Lord God, we do love you. We thank you for who you are, Lord. We, God, uh, glorify your name today, Lord. What a miracle. God, we thank you for being the resurrection and the life. And I pray today, Lord, that, God, you would open our eyes to see you for for who you really are. The one who cannot be stopped. The one who is able. The one who is great and mighty. God, and choose to live a life, God, in accordance to that, Lord. God, we love you. We thank you. And we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Lessons from the story of Lazarus. Got three lessons we see here in the text from the story of Lazarus, right, that we can take and I hope would apply to our life uh, today as followers of uh, him. The first lesson uh, is this. Hey, we got it. We got to take hold of this now. Hey, the first lesson is this. The Lord's timing is always perfect. Hey, the Lord's timing is always perfect. We see here in the beginning of this passage that we just read, right, that that Martha comes to Jesus disappointed. They had already told Jesus, hey, Jesus, man, Lazarus is sick. Why don't you come and heal him? And Jesus intentionally stayed in the place where he was a couple extra days. It had been several days later. Lazarus is dead, been dead for a while. And Jesus, man, shows up. Martha disappointed, thinking, hey, there's no hope. But here's the thing. Hey, Jesus is timing, man, is always perfect. Hey, Martha thought that he was four days late, but hallelujah, he was right on time. And he still is. He may not be on our timeline, but hey, he is always on time. Hey, there was an old uh, Southern Gospel song. I actually shared it with some uh, fellow Southern Gospel fans, uh, Brother Ed and Sister Phyllis. They come to the 11 o'clock service. Shared it with them. I remember uh, singing this song during the uh, uh, choir special back at the, at the Hillcrest Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. They sang this song called Four Days Late. And there's a line in the song, right, that says this. Isn't it great when he's four days late and he's still on time? Man, so true, man. Hey, the Lord's timing is always perfect. And so what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us as a result of that lesson? Man, what does that mean for us? How should we respond in light of that reality? Well, number one, hey, we've got to choose to be folks that trust in his plan, even when we don't understand. Trust in his plan, even though we don't understand. Martha didn't understand the Lord's delay. She had faith that, you know, Jesus was who he said he was, that he was able to heal. But in her mind, she thought it'd make more sense for him to come earlier and heal him before he died. Right. It it didn't make any sense in her mind. She makes a declarative statement about who the Lord is. Right. But really, the the, uh, context here and her tone is that she's coming essentially to give Jesus a a little piece of her mind. Hey, Jesus, you you must not get you must not understand, man. You should have came earlier. Should have came earlier. Hey, have you been like that before? I know I have whenever I've given Jesus peace of my mind, but not understanding this plan. I know I've said stuff, you know, like this. Hey, Jesus, man, you know, man, that I love sports. You know, I wanted to play sports professionally. Why'd you make me vertically challenged and talently challenged at the same time? Why'd you make me that? You know, I love sports. Why'd you make me that way? Lord, you know, hey, 
Why'd you call me to, and, and, and like I said, talking about myself, why'd you call me to do the doctorate? Lord, you, you know I, I was called to do the master's, love my time in New Orleans, doing the school there and, and eating the food that's down there. You know, but why'd you call me to do another degree? You don't understand, God. You been there? Maybe you have and you've asked questions maybe more serious than that. Hey, Lord, me and my wife are in a great place financially. What? Why aren't you allowing us to be able to get pregnant? Or why'd you allow for that baby to miscarriage? Lord, we've loved and served. You've been committed to you. Why is this happening in my life? Lord, we've been struggling right now, man, and we've sought you out. We've prayed, man. We've given up the stuff in our life. Why, why isn't anything changing? Why haven't I gotten that job, that promotion? Why is my kid wayward? Though we may not understand it all, man, the call for us is to trust in his plan. Hey, trust in his plan, even when we don't understand. Psalm 13, 1 through 6, says it like this. The psalmist, King David, wrote this in the midst of a bad time, a rough time in his life, right? Man after God's own heart walking through struggle. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul? And have sorrow in my heart all the day. How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O oh my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice, because I am shaken. And then verse 5, he gets right. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, because he has dealt bountifully with me man David had to shift his perspective I I heard it said like this from uh, another pastor uh, this week that I was listening to he gives this call hey learn right let let me go ahead and read it I want to mess it up learn how to interpret your circumstances through the lenses of the love of God instead of the other way around See, it's so easy for us, right, to, to I- I- interpret God's love for us based on our circumstances. We view God's love for us through the lenses of our circumstances. We think, man, just because we're going through something right now, God must not love me like he said he did. Learn to interpret your circumstances through the lenses of the love of God. At the end of the day, hey... What Martha wanted was for Lazarus, right, to be resuscitated. Jesus had something greater. He had a greater plan. He was going to resurrect him. And the call for us is to trust in his plan. Hey, trust in his plan. But secondly, it looks like this too. Hey, learn to trust in the person. Learn it to trust in the person, Jesus Christ. Jesus himself says it in verse 25 after he comforts Martha, right, says, hey, your brothers rise again. Martha says, hey, I, I know that he's going to rise again. I know my theology. I know at, at the end he's saved. He's, he's going to be with Jesus, at resurrect on the last day. Jesus said, no, no, no. You, you, yes, he is, but, but even more than that. Listen, I am the resurrection and the life. Resurrection and the life. Jesus is able to provide life because he is life. He is life. What he was saying in that statement is, man, he's able to bring the dead back to life right then and there. Because he is life. He's life. 
He's still in the business, man, of resurrecting folks. And Jesus is able to deliver. Hey, trust in him. Whenever I think of uh, a deliverance, I think of uh, where I went to college, a little town called Ruston, Louisiana, known for a couple of things. Uh, one, Duck Dynasty headquarters was like 30 minutes east of there. Um, uh, but number two, uh, it's, it's the place, you know, they've got a couple famous athletes that uh, grew up there, the one in particular being a man named Carl Malone, you know, one of the best basketball players to ever play. Uh, and his nickname uh, while he was playing was called the Mailman. And the reason why he was called the Mailman, because uh, he always delivered, is what they said, man, always delivered, always had a great stat line. But there was one thing he never delivered. And he's and I know this for a fact. He's still salty about it to this day, brother Tiny. Is this? He never delivered a championship for his team. Now it didn't hurt. It didn't help that he ran into Michael Jordan and the Bulls a couple of times, and they walked, mopped the floor with him. But he never delivered a championship, even though he had the moniker Pastor Greg of the Mailman. Hey, there was something that he didn't deliver. Well, hey, you know where I'm going, but I'm gonna go ahead and go there anyways. Hey, I, hey, I know one man. Hey. His delivery service is 100%. Hey, I know someone, hey, who, who's uh, more efficient than Amazon, Miss Arlene. Amazon, UPS, USPS, and FedEx. His name is Jesus. Jesus. He is able to deliver. You may say, Pastor Irv, man, well, I'm going through this circumstance right now. How come he hasn't delivered for me, it, for me yet? He, he may not deliver in the way that you want him to, right? But he's Almighty God. He already knows the plan for your life. So choose to trust in him. Choose to trust in him. And choose to trust in the person, man. He's able to deliver. Even though you hadn't gotten what you've asked for, man, hey, he's, he's able to deliver you from that season of being in a funk, man. Place you back on solid ground. Man, choose to trust in him. We see that he's the resurrection and the life. Man, hey, trust in the Lord's Timing, man. His timing is always perfect. Let me keep moving here. Lesson number two. All right, lesson number one is, hey, the Lord's timing is perfect. Lesson number two is this. Hey, the Lord truly cares for his people. The Lord truly cares for his people. We see in the midst of the grieving of the loss of Lazarus, right, we see that Jesus steps in and shows care and compassion for these two ladies. I've heard it said like this before. Uh, Jesus, right, he enters into the grief of the people before he chooses to exile their grief whenever he resurrects Lazarus from the dead. We see that he wasn't afraid to enter into the pain of the individuals that were here. It shows that he cared. Man, I'm glad, hey, I serve a God, man, that that, that cares, that truly cares. Hey, he's not just some distant uh, you know, figure, right, that, that's far away, that only wants to bring forth harm in your life. He's, hey, he's not just, say, some, some distant dictator, man, that's looking for just gloom and doom in your world. He's not. He's a loving father, man. He cares for you. He cares. And, man, we see that picture here in the life of Jesus stepping into the life of these two ladies. He shows that he cares for them. He showed his care by, number one, hey, choosing to bring assurance in the midst of doubt. His first interaction with Martha 
right? Again, Martha comes and shares her mind, speaks her mind, essentially. This is the King of King and Lords and the Lord of Lords here. This is Jesus, who knows everything. And Martha steps in, man, and and, and gives gives her gives him a little piece of her mind here. God, you should have came earlier. Jesus could have rebuked her. Hey, Jesus could have sent her away. Jesus could have said, you know what, man, I changed my mind, Brother John. I'm going back to the crib, man. I'm going back to Nazareth. Y'all, y'all, y'all didn't believe I'm able to do this, man. I'm going back home. But instead, what does he do? Hey, he, he gives assurance to her. What does he say? Hey, your brother will live again. And then he says, hey, let me just remind you who I am, man. I'm the resurrection and the life. Hey, Jesus, he gives assurance to us, man, encouragement, man, in the midst of the doubt that may be going on in our life, man, and hey, he still does that today, still does that today, man, in the doubt, hey, I struggled with this a lot, man, whenever I was a new Christian, got saved in high school, man, and I struggled a lot with doubt, wondering if I really was saved, oftentimes, man, I was one of those of you that ran to the altar every Sunday, if, hey, if, if there was a mention of hell in the sermon, man, I'm going down to the altar making sure, man, I had my hell's insurance. I was making sure I was right. Had a ton of doubt, man. And maybe you're like that, too. Man, hey, choose to run to Jesus, man. Hey, he'll give you, man, that assurance. If you turn from your sin and trust in him, he'll give you that assurance. That you're his. Maybe you're struggling with doubt, man, about next steps, what, what, what to do. Man, hey, he'll give you the assurance when you seek him out. Man, choose to run to him. I love the story of Elijah in 1 Kings 19. Remember that story? 1 Kings 18 is the battle at Mount Carmel. Saw God show up and show out, rain down fire from heaven, literally. But in chapter 19, we see that Elijah's on the run. Jezebel, that wicked queen there of Israel, married to Ahab, right? She sends folks out to try and kill Elijah. And Elijah's in a dark place. He literally says, man, hey, God, just take my life now. He wanted the Lord to kill him, was in a dark place. And hey, the Lord, right through that small, still voice, man, reminded him, number one, that he was there. But remember what it said towards the end of that chapter? He reminds him, hey, listen, there's several thousand other prophets, man, that have yet bowed their knee to Baal. You're not alone in this. You may feel like you're alone, but man, there's... Several others that are standing for him. We see that the Lord cares by giving us assurance in the midst of doubt. Not only does he do that, hey, he does this too. Hey, he stands with us in the midst of the sorrow. Martha, interaction there, Jesus gives assurance. We see Mary head on over there, run to him. Hey, she bows down and worship. Very similar, essentially, to Luke chapter 10 and her posture there. She wanted to sit at Jesus' feet. She bows down in worship, has the right posture. By the way, I'll throw this in free of charge, right? Hey, Mary's posture was the same when things were all calm and dandy, Brother Sam, in Luke chapter 10, when Jesus was just hanging out at the house. Her posture was the same there as it was in the midst of chaos whenever Lazarus, her brother, had died. Something, hey, something that we ought to hang on to. Man, Mary understood that Jesus was the same. Still, hey, still worthy of worship. Man, in the good season and the bad season. But we see that Jesus, man, stands there, stands there. See that Jesus sees Mary and he sees others wailing 
man, and it says in the word that he becomes deeply burdened in his spirit. Deeply burdened. That word literally means, right, uh, indignation, anger. Jesus is mad. Now, you may say, what's he mad at? Listen, he's mad at, man, essentially the fall. Hey, death wasn't a part of the original plan. Hey, suffering wasn't a part of the original plan. He's mad, man, at the reality of sin and and, and what it's done to corrupt this world. Man, he's broken over it. Broken over. He was broken over the core enemy of death. And as a result, it led to him weeping, man. And standing with Mary and those that were around in the midst of it. Hey, in the same way, Jesus, man, he wants to do that in our lives. Wants to do that in our lives. Hey, listen, I know some of you, man, hey, you think that, hey, you, you've got it all figured out, man. Hey, I, hey I'm going to pull up my bootstraps, man, and keep rolling. Hey, I'm a, I'm a man's man. I'm going to figure it out right in the midst of some deep stuff that you're struggling. Hey, can I just encourage you? Hey, Jesus wants to stand with you in the midst of it. Man, so choose to, to run to him. Man, choose to run to him. Hey, choose to allow for him, man, to work and move in your life. And Jesus, he stands with Mary here. He didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. He just said that he wept there. And Jesus meets us where we're at. We're at. Man, this reality of Jesus caring, man, it it shows, right, some truths that we see in Scripture, man. It shows, man, that he is near to us. Psalm 147.3. Man, it shows that he desires to comfort, man. This Jesus that we follow and serve, man, he comforts us in our affliction so that we can comfort others. It shows that. It shows, right, that right now he intercedes on our behalf in heaven, man. He he goes to the Father for us. Hebrews 4 tells us that. Intercedes on our behalf. Like the faithful high priest that he is. Man, it shows that he is not compassionless, but compassionate. And he cares. He cares. And so choose to take your cares to him. Oh, I just came up with that, Sister Daisy. Hey, because God cares, man, choose to take your cares to him. Choose to take your cares to him. Lesson number one, right, uh, and the Lord's timing is always perfect. Lesson number two, man, the Lord truly cares for his people. And then thirdly and lastly, and my favorite one is this, man. We see that the Lord is triumphant over death and the grave. Forever triumphant over death and the grave. Verse 38, man, Jesus shows up at the tomb. He's been outside, man, for a little while. He finally shows up at the tomb, and you know what he does next? Hey, he shows out. Shows out. Man, and he shows that he is who he said he is. Shows that he is that he said he is. Man, he enters the grief of these people, right? He grieves over what's going on or what has happened. And then, hey, the next step was to go to exile that grief, right, by defeating death in the grave. Hey, the Lord is triumphant over death and the grave. Hallelujah. We see right here in the passage that his power, man, was on display here. His power was on display. Like I said, Lazarus has been dead four days. Dead, dead. 
No, there, there is no argument. The, the, the religious leaders couldn't make up any kind of excuse. Right? The people there couldn't say anything. He was dead, dead. So dead, right, that, that one lady said, hey, Jesus, if we roll that stone away, it's going to stink up the place. It's going to get stinky. But they roll the stone away and we see Jesus say those words, hey, Lazarus, come out. And there, hey, there wasn't any kind of delay. Hey, there wasn't any kind of lag or glitch in the process of what's going on. It said Lazarus, hey, he immediately came out. Came out. We see Jesus' power on display, man. Our God is able. There is nothing that he is unable to do. Hey, he has the power, right, to resurrect that marriage that seems like, man, because it's on the rocks that it's over with. He's able to resurrect Right, that person, man, whose heart's grown cold toward the Lord, man, and, and bring them back to life. He's able to resurrect, right, that wayward child, man, that's run far away from him. He's able. He's able. And so the call for us is, man, to trust him. He's got the power to bring that relationship from death to life. Has the power to heal the brokenness. Has the power to help overcome anxiety struggles in our life. Power to provide that need, man. He has got the power. Got the power. There was an old song in the 90s by a Euro pop group, right? An old group, an old song by an old group, One Hit Wonder. The group was called Snap. And the song is called I've Got the Power. You know, you've probably heard it on commercials. I'm not going to sing it for you. You can look it up. But, but here's the thing. Hey, Snap, hey, they lied. They didn't have no power. But we know the one who does. Jesus Christ. He's got all power, man. Hey, the Bible says in Ephesians 3 that, man, hey, he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we have asked or think. Man, he defeated death in the grave, man. I raising Lazarus here. He, he showed that he was over death in the grave. He ultimately defeated death in the grave when he rose himself from the grave, I should say. 1 Corinthians 15, 55 through 57 says it like this. Hey, death... Is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He ultimately, man, has the victory over death, hell, and the grave. And for that reason, we ought to worship him. We see his power on display, but then secondly, lastly, verse 45 and 46, we see his power discussed. The Jews that were there, man, hey, they believed in this Jesus and who he said he was. But then there were some other Jews there that were, uh, uh, well, you know, what we like to call snitches. They went to the religi- religious leaders, right, and, and snitch told on them, man. They were tattletales. Let me break it down. Yeah, the tattletales. Man, and the religious leaders sought out to kill them. And so the question is, what what group are you a part of? Are you a part of the skeptical group of Jews, man, that says, man, I can't explain what happened, but there's something wrong about this. Hey, here it is. God isn't supposed to move that way, Brother Danny. There's something wrong about this. Or are you part of the group of Jews, man, that believe that this God is able. He's able. 
Hey, even though it looks bleak and you're like, hey, he's able. Which group are you a part of? Three quick takeaways and we'll be done today, right? The response for us here. Right, if you're saved, the first takeaway is this, man, hey, remember the faithfulness of God. Remember the faithfulness of God in your life. Hey, he is always on time. Even when it seems like he's late on your timeline, he's always on time. Man, remembering his faithfulness, it includes us understanding that he, he truly has blessed us beyond measure. Even though you hadn't gotten met what, what you've been asking God for for a while, pause, look around a second and see that, hey, he's, he's taken care of you. He's blessed you measure and choose to remember his faithfulness man remember it's remembering that his plans are not our plans man his ways are not our ways as isaiah says and it's remembering that man though we may not understand we've got to choose to stand like our boy job did man remember the faithfulness of god secondly second takeaway hey choose to rest in the comfort that the lord provides Hey, the good news today is that Jesus wants to meet you right where you are. He does. If you're coming in here broken up, bruised up, beat up, you ain't got to try and put on a mask to try and hide it. Man, hey, Jesus is willing to meet you right where you are today and do a work. And and here's the thing. He's willing to meet you right where you are and change you and use you and to live a life differently as you leave here. And rest in the comfort that he provides. Man, he weeps with those who weeps. Man, he cares for us. Like that old song, man, that it was, I think, on a 90s WOW CD as well. I mentioned one last week. This is another one on a 90s WOW CD, right? That chorus that goes, he knows my name. He knows my every thought. And, hey, he sees each tear that falls and hears me when I call. And he cares for us. Rest in the comfort they provide. And then thirdly and lastly, hey, we all can grow in this. Choose to rejoice like we serve an almighty God. Rejoice as if we serve an almighty God. Hey, listen, the way that we live our life and the way that we choose to worship the Lord, man, it ought to exemplify the fact that our God is alive and well today. I understand other religions that, hey, want to be dignified want to be somber in their approach. Well, it makes sense. Their God is dead. But ours is alive and well. He is. And so, man, as a result of that, man, we ought to live in joy, even in the midst of the struggle. Man, we ought to, amen, brothers, we ought to celebrate. Man, we ought to walk in this new life. Hey, I, I get it. Man, hey, life is hard. Life is tiring. I get it. But bless God, hey, the Lord is on our side. He's able to provide the strength that we need to keep going. He's able to provide that hope, man, to sustain us. And so the call for us is to rejoice, man, as if we serve an almighty God. Almighty God. Lessons from the story of Lazarus. man. Our Jesus, man, he is the resurrection and the life. He is. And so the call for us is to choose to worship.